Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. That was all right. That was a little subdued for me, to be honest. I'm a little more amped, but that's all good. Hey, uh, if you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got an e-Bible, pull out your e-Bible. Go with me to Acts chapter 27. Acts 27. Hey, uh, a couple things. Uh, Mother's Day is in a few weeks. We have Pastor Jess speaking on Mother's Day Sunday. Come on, give it up for Pastor Jess. Also, all of our women in the church, uh, the first Friday in June, we have our sisterhood event. And um, if you were here a couple years ago, which I know a lot of us are new, uh, we had a women's conference called Crowned, and it was awesome. And I think we had like 140 women at that time, but we are doing, it's kind of like a mini version of that on the first weekend in June. So go to Elevate Church and uh, sign up to be a part of that night. And then this fall, we're going to have Crown again and our women's conference, and we're actually going to make it a two-day event. Um, We have uh, an amazing speaker. Her name's Beth Jones, Pastor Beth Jones. Uh, She's coming in. Um, She kind of kind of travels and speaks. She's actually on the Hillsong channel, and uh, we've known her for a lot of years, and so she's going to come in and do that event this fall, and it's going to be just super awesome. So make sure if you are a woman, get signed up, and uh, it'll, it'll be great. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would come and reveal Jesus, reveal your wisdom, your thoughts, your perspectives today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Acts chapter 27, verse 10. Paul is on a ship. Um, He is a prisoner. He is headed uh, to go stand trial. And we pick up in the middle of the story in verse 10. This is Paul speaking. And Paul says, men... He said to them, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, damage to our lives as well. Verse 11, but the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner rather than Paul. Okay, last week we talked about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and how critical it is to hear his voice in this season and time in the earth. Like every day I wake up, like the other day I woke up and the first thing was on my phone was like the Pentagon uh, says that this is a real UFO, you know, sighting. And I'm like, only in the year of 2021 would I wake up and see that and think, eh, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, The world's just crazy. It's on fire right now, and we need to hear the voice of the Lord. So my first point today is this. Paul knows God and hears his voice. Paul knows God and he hears his voice. Paul understands this concept. I tell people all the time, they'll say, how do I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? And I tell them, number one, read the word of the God. That is his voice, and it will lead you and guide you. But the other thing that's really big to me is follow peace. Follow peace. 
So, you know, when you were a kid and you were going to do something wrong, I remember being a kid and um, I didn't have any money and I thought, I'm going to steal this pack of basketball cards, you know, and you go to reach for the pack of basketball cards and you start getting nervous, you get a little sweaty, you know, you get that real anxious feeling going on inside of you. Why? Because you know, I'm about to do something that's wrong. This is, this is not, this is not right, Okay. So the Holy Spirit will do the same thing in your life. You'll have moments where you go, this is a green light. I know it's a green light. I know God's for me. I know God's with me. I know this is the right decision. Just keep going on through the light. Then there'll be moments where you have a yellow light, okay? And I know that all of us, none of us are the ones that go through the yellow lights, right? We're all good citizens, okay? Sometimes a yellow light, you'll have this like apprehension in you about a decision you're making. And the Holy Spirit is wanting you to do what? Find more information. Research it. Figure out, is this really the direction God has for me? And then sometimes it's just a red light. And you know, you just have this feeling in you like, I do not need to go down this road. Paul has this feeling and he tells everybody, hey, I think there's trouble ahead for us, okay? And so what is he doing? He's warning them. He's giving them a warning. And sometimes we have warnings in life, like, like this. Have you ever had somebody say this to you? Don't make a decision out of frustration, right? Like, don't get frustrated and upset about something and then make a large decision in life. It will always be a bad decision always be a bad decision. Or like a warning, like somebody will tell you like, hey, don't let somebody else's offense become your offense. This is huge right now. Like the world's just offended all the time, okay? And everybody's looking for you to pick up their banner of offense. Just because somebody else is offended about something doesn't mean that you need to live that way. Doesn't mean you need to live an offense. And so Sometimes the Lord will give us warnings, okay? And, and Paul is giving out some warnings. And I remember I've had three different times in my life that I really felt like it was the Holy Spirit, it was the Lord using some people to give a warning, some direction, some clarity to my life. And I want to share those today, okay? So the first one was this. We were married for about five years, and I'm super excited this summer. Uh, me and Jess figured out in first service that we're actually going to be celebrating 18 years this summer. 18. Come on, somebody. But at year five, things were tough. Like, we were struggling. We were on the struggle bus, okay? And we were just kind of getting down the road, but it wasn't real successful. And she was frustrated. I was frustrated. And so I called my uncle, he's kind of like my dad, and, and I said to him, because at this point, they had been married, ah, oh man, you know, 20-something years, and, and I said to him, I said, did you ever want to get divorced? And he said, oh, yeah, a bunch of times. And I was like, okay, well, well what'd you do? You know what I mean? Like, and I remember he said this, he said, I just never gave up. He said, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Let God work in your marriage. 
Let God work on your heart. Let God work on her heart. Just don't give up. Man, that was great advice. Man, that was a great warning. Thank God that I didn't give up at year six, year five. Thank God that I pushed forward and trusted God because at year 18, it's a whole lot different than year five. Amen? So just don't give up. I remember Pastor Jeff, the second big thing of advice, Pastor Jeff spoke this to me one time. He said, listen, you can never invest too much in God's kingdom, ever. He said, you'll never invest too much in God's kingdom, okay? He said, it's like an investment. When you invest in God's kingdom, you are going to reap someday on the investment that you're making today. And so I remember he talked to me, he said, listen, you have seasons of your life. My, my kids were little at that time. You know, our family wasn't real big. And I remember he said, you have seasons in your life down the road that you're going to need a whole lot more than you have right now. He said, invest now. Invest in the kingdom. Invest your time. Invest your resources. Invest your finances. Invest now. Why? Because the word never fails. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says this. God will never be mocked. For whatever you plant, you will always, it says you will always, it will always be the very thing you harvest. Verse eight, the harvest you reap reveals the seed that you plant. So Pastor Jeff was giving me sound wisdom, like, hey, invest in the kingdom. You're going to need to reap it someday. Like invest love, invest grace, you know, invest kindness, invest your finances, invest your time, your energy, invest it in the kingdom of God. God is faithful. One of the things that I know that I know that I know is this. I cannot outgive God. I don't know about you. Maybe you've tried, but I know I can't. There's never a limit. Whatever, whatever limit I go to, he goes beyond. Why? Because he's good. He's good. I said he's good. Amen right? He's good. He, and he's trustworthy. You can trust to invest. The third thing, I remember Pastor Beth told me this. She said, listen, you can trust God. You will always have what you need in every season of life if you trust him and put him first. So I remember she was talking to me about that when my oldest son now was like around five. You know, and when he was five, we needed like Fisher Price Farms. How many of you have bought a Fisher Price farm for your kid before? You know what I mean? Listen, that's what we needed at that season when he was five. But how many of you know that he's 16 now and we need different things in this season than that season? But we made a choice a long time ago off sound wisdom to put Jesus first always. And if we'll just keep putting Jesus first always, we will have what we need in every season of life because God is always good and faithful. So back to Paul in Acts 27, verse 11, okay? He warns them. He said, hey, trouble's ahead. But this officer in charge of the prisoners decides to listen to the captain, the owner, instead of Paul. Okay, why, why does he do this? He does this because he is familiar with the captain. Does that make sense? He's familiar with the captain. So the question today is this, who are you familiar with? 
okay? This is a major question in everybody's life. And I used to say this as a youth pastor, show me your friends, I'll show you what your future looks like. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or you're 40. The people that you are familiar with, the people you spend time with, I promise you will look more and more like them. So if these people are people who are pursuing Jesus and pursuing sound wisdom and pursuing what the Lord has, guess what? You'll be a person that pursues the same things. But if they are people who are pursuing selfishness, pursuing culture, pursuing what they desire, your life will become more and more like that. So the question is, who are you familiar with? Who are you really spending time? Listen, we don't do groups because we have to do groups. We do groups because we want you to connect with other people that are in the same season of life going in the same direction. Like, like as a body, as a church, we're all gonna pursue after Jesus together. The second question is this, is Jesus the captain of your life? Because a captain understands that if the ship gets off just a couple degrees, it means this. Number one, you're not landing to your destination that you desire, but also you're gonna be lost at sea. Just a couple degrees. Talk to anybody that has a boat or knows boating, knows if you just get off a couple degrees, that ship is gonna end up lost at sea. A couple weeks ago, we... Um, we were hanging out with the boys on the porch, making s'mores. S'mores are always a Jesus thing, okay? That's just Jesus and s'mores, okay? And we're hanging out with them and talking to them. We're talking to them about their future. We're talking to them about, like, you know, their future wives. And, and uh, Luke, our youngest, says this. She, he goes, boys don't marry girls. Well, why? He's six, and he thinks girls have cooties. You know what I mean? Like, we're in the cootie stage of life. We're like, ooh, they got cooties. You know what I mean? Do you remember that? Like, getting, like, a cootie touch at school, and then you were like, you had cooties? Like, that was a big deal, okay? So Luke's like, boys don't marry girls because they, they're, they're girls, and they got cooties, okay? But Jess, like, real quickly, like, goes, Luke, no, 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 no. Boys marry girls, and girls marry boys. This is what Jesus wants. Why does she say that to our son? Because Jesus is the captain of our life. So what he declares is the truth in our home, not culture. And I promise you, if you follow culture, you will get lost at sea really quick. Really quick, in comparison to what God has in store. Maybe not in comparison to the world, but to what the Lord Jesus Christ has in store for your life, he's gotta be captain. And as captain, you give up your rights. Like, this is a big deal. I don't think the American church understands this. This idea of like, when I follow Jesus, I surrender my life to his will. It is no longer my life. It is no longer my rights. It is, this is what God has in store for us and our family. Amen? Amen. All right, verse 18. Back to Acts 27, verse 18. The next day, a gale force wind continued to batter the ship. 
the crew began to throw cargo overboard. Verse 19, the following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Verse 20, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until all hope was gone. Point number two is this, the quickest way to lose hope. The quickest way to lose hope is to stop spending time with Jesus. The quickest way. The quickest way to get confused, to get into darkness, to get into sin patterns, stop spending time with Jesus. John chapter 14, verse six, it says this, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Done. End of story, book's been written, right? Like Jesus goes, I'm the way. I'm the only way. I'm the truth. I'm life. Everything revolves around me. Your identity revolves around me. Your future revolves around me. The the plans I have in store for you revolves around me. I'm the way. Okay, John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. Light. Light. I don't know about you. Like, I don't want to be associated with darkness. Amen? Like, I don't want to be associated with darkness. I don't want to touch darkness. I want to touch light. He says this. You have the light if you have me. Listen, let me tell you something. You stop doing three things. You stop, number one, praying. Stop reading the word of God and stop coming to church and you will find yourself lost at sea. And I'm here to tell you, the enemy will fight to keep you so busy so you don't do those three things. Like he's gonna, he, I mean, the world is just moving fast. And he wants to make sure that you never talk to the Lord. That you never spend time with him. That the only thing you care about is getting to that bed at night. You know what I mean? Now, listen, I love me some sleep in Jesus' name, okay? I love my pillow. Okay? I, by the way, I got a my pillow. Uh, yes. They're amazing. I love, I love my pillow. I love my bed, okay? I was reading uh, this report on, uh, on stress and your immune system. And this wasn't a, um, I don't know how to say it. It wasn't a Christian point of view. This was just a uh, scientific point of view. And they said one of the greatest ways to relieve stress and to build your immune system, they called it meditating. I'm like, you mean prayer. Talking to your creator. Casting your cares, your worries, your anxieties upon him for he cares for you. Amen. Like, I I need the Word of God. You need the Word of God. The Word of God is truth. It is truth. It is absolute truth. The Bible says this world will fade away. Everything will be gone. But the one thing that will remain is the Word of God, what God spoke. You need truth. You need truth. You need to be in church. We need to gather together. We need to be in groups. We need these things because if we don't, I promise you, you will find yourself confused, cloudy, 
in your mind, and then you'll eventually become what? Isolated. And when you become isolated, this is the perfect time the enemy wants to pick you off in this life. Verse 21, okay? No one had eaten for a long time. This is a shame right here, okay? This is a sad verse in the Bible. Nobody had eaten, okay? Finally, Paul called together the crew and said, men, you should have listened to me. I love this moment. Paul's just having a moment. He's like, listen, I told you all. I warned you all. You should have listened to me, but you didn't listen to me. He says, you would have avoided the damage and the loss. But verse 22, he says this, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship is going down. I don't know if this is good news or bad news, okay? I really don't. I'm like, where, where are you going, Paul? All right, verse 23. For last night, an angel of God who I belong and who I serve stood beside me. This is a beautiful verse in the Bible right here. Who's standing beside you? When it's dark, when it's lonely, when nobody else is around, who is standing next to you? I hope it's the Lord. I hope it's Jesus. I hope it's him holding your hand, standing, reassuring you. Verse 24, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul said, for I assure you, you will stand before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with us today. Verse 25, so take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. There are moments in your life where you're gonna have to declare God's truth over what you feel. There are gonna be moments in your life where things are trending in the wrong direction. There's gonna be moments where it feels dark. It's gonna feel like God has forgotten you and you're gonna have to go, no, 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 this is God's promise in the word of God. This is what he spoke to me in prayer. So listen, it is so important. I love, listen, I love prophetic words. I love hearing what God says. When I spoke over Genesis, what am I doing? I'm prophesying over her what heaven is saying about her life, right? So I love hearing prophetic words because it's always words of encouragement and life and what God thinks about the future. But I promise you, there is nothing more important than you hearing directly from God. Like nothing that you've heard. You know what God has said. And there's gonna be moments where you're gonna have to stand and go, this is what God says about my future. This is what God says about me. This is what God says about my children, my marriage, my life, my job. This is what God says. And it will happen because he said so. That's what Paul's saying. Paul's going, hey, listen, you all are going to be saved. God said so, and you're with me right now. Leads me to point number three. Blessed to be a blessing. Say it all the time. We are blessed to be a blessing, okay? Listen, I am not a name it and claim it pastor. But I do believe strongly in the core of me, you cannot give what you do not possess, if I don't possess it, I can't give it. So listen, I am so excited that we are about to break ground 
to build the home for the girls in Cambodia. How awesome is that? How awesome is it that we're going to provide a home for girls who get sold into sex slavery and we're going to save them? It's amazing. I'm so excited that we get to financially stand with Mission Ahava and the 600 kids in Brazil. I'm so excited that every month we get to stand with Waweza and the 60 kids that are literally saved from the streets. Kids that are like naked, nothing, taken off the street and given a hope in the future. I'm so excited that we are the number one donator to the pregnancy center in town here. Elevate Church. Uh, listen, I love that we get to reach the world and touch the world. But I know this. I can't give what we don't have. Amen? So I believe this. Money is just a resource. It's just what you do with it. You either trust God with it or you don't. But I believe this. God's looking for vessels to trust. He's looking for people, hey, can I trust them? Because I know when they're blessed, they'll be a blessing to the world, right? And so this is what happens with Paul. Paul knows Jesus, right? Jesus knows Paul. And because of that relationship, everybody around Paul all get saved too. How great is that? All these guys shouldn't shouldn't find land, but they do. Why? Because Paul, Paul knows the Lord. So when you know the Lord, you should be a blessing to the world around you, right? Like the goodness of God should flow from you. You should be looking for opportunities to go, Holy Spirit, lead me, you know? Like lead me at, at, at practice when I'm sitting there with my kid, like watching my kid and they're at practice and is there somebody here that you want me to touch? Like, am I here? Like, I went, I promise you, the other day, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, just lead me today. And I had this funny feeling in me, like I, I had to buy some chicken uh, for something, but I really didn't need it, like, at that moment. You know, like, when you know you need something, like, it's in the, your head, you're like, I know I need to get that, but I don't really need it right now. But I had this feeling in my heart that I was supposed to go to Kroger. And I was like, all right, God, like, I'll go to Kroger and get the chicken. Sure enough, ran into somebody in our church. Sure enough, they had just gotten really bad news. I was at the right place at the right time. Amen? Right place at the right time. Blessed to be a blessing. That's how we need to live our lives with the Lord. Verse 42 says the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim to shore and escape. Verse 43. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plans. He ordered all who could swim jump overboard first to make land. Has anybody ever been on the ocean before? Raise your hand. Have you been on the ocean? Okay. The ocean is a scary place, everybody, Okay. I don't know about, like, I love, I love getting into the ocean, but I love when the ocean's like 10 feet away. I mean, the shore's like 10 feet away. You know what I mean? I remember being on a cruise boat. I remember I walked up on the top deck in, at night. If, if you've 
seen darkness. You've never seen darkness like you've seen on the ocean. I mean, it's like, like, like it'll take your breath away. Like, oh my gosh, there are sharks out there and they will eat me, okay? So the captain's like, hey, jump overboard. Ship's going down. Try to make it for land. Verse 44. The others held on to planks of debris and broken pieces of the ship. But here's the good news. So everyone escaped safely to the shore, just like Paul said, just like the angel of the Lord, the word of the Lord had given them. Point number four today is this. Sometimes we have to let go of familiar. Sometimes we have to let go of familiar. Um, a couple years ago, we moved into a new house. And uh, we love our house. It's awesome. It's the best house I've ever lived in in my entire life. It's the first house that we've ever owned. We were in ministry and we were you know, trusting the Lord and being faithful to wherever he called us to. And so we never felt like this exact piece to like buy a house and set up roots. And this is the first time in our life that we have ever done that. We're like, this is our home. We're building Elevate Church. We're putting our roots. We're trusting him. We're buying this house. Okay. It's a great house. Now, our oldest son, Michael, though, still always talks about our first house when we moved down here in Morrow. Okay, has anybody ever been to Morrow before? Okay, all right. Listen, there's nothing in Morrow, okay? <laughs> there is a subway in Morrow uh, with a guy that works there. I, I, he probably still works here today. He has a big Chevy. His name is Chevy, and he has a Chevy tattoo on his neck, okay? I promise you, okay? All right. So there is, there is subway with Chevy, and there is a place called Chubby's Pizza there, okay? It's good pizza, I'm not gonna lie, it's good pizza, okay? But that's about, that's all in Morrow, okay? But that was the first place we lived when we moved down here. And we started the church at this house, and Michael was around 10, and uh, it was just a big season of his life. He was growing, you know, it's awesome to see the young man leading worship today, but that was all birthing and coming alive in his heart around that season in time. And we were growing the church and he saw us walk in faith. And, and you know what's cool about when your kids watch you walk in faith? They also see how God provides. And so he has this place in his heart where he's just got this like, it's just these great memories of the house. So he'll always talk about like, that's my favorite house. Not the house we're in now, that's the old house. Why? Because he has great memories and is comfortable and familiar, right? Okay. Have you ever moved and you find yourself driving to the old house? You know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, it's just uh, this route is familiar. Okay. Sometimes in life, the greatest act of surrenderance is letting go of what is comfortable and familiar to grab out in faith and trust God. Sometimes the greatest thing we could ever do. You think you need the boat because the boat, what does the boat represent? It represents security and what is familiar and what is comfortable to you, okay? So let me ask this question. What is familiar and comfortable to you that the Lord's 
asking you to let go of? Probably a better question is, would you even ask God that question? Right? Because that's a dangerous prayer right there. That's a, that's a, that's a faith-filled prayer right there. God, what am I holding on to real tight to? Because sometimes he needs to change our perspective. See, we used to do this thing called family dinners at Elevate Church. How many of you were at a family dinner? Okay, all right. So when we started the church, we would have, you know, church at my house, and we would have like, uh, like Nick Roller, he plays the guitar for us, like Nick and his family, and they would come to service. And I think, you know, we might have had, uh, I don't know, 20 something people. What you think, Shannon? Maybe 20? Yeah, like a good, yeah, it was a good day. Like 20 people, man, it was a good day, all right? And uh, we'd have, you know, church in my house, and then, you know, we would, we would have, like, a dinner afterwards. And we would tell everybody, like, hey, bring a dish, and, and we would grill, and we would just hang out at my house. And it was awesome, because, man, we were building relationships and community, and we just, man, it was just a good season, really good season. Isn't it amazing, by the way, how sometimes really hard seasons, you'll look back and go, man, God, that was a really good season. Because you were seeing God's faithfulness. And so we were doing these dinners in my house. So when we started the church, when we were at the Edge Teen Center, okay, we were still small, still growing though. And, and so I was like, let's have family dinners. Like, have everybody bring a dish. We'll roll out some grills. Um, I remember Melissa Cheney in our church. Her dad works for it's a JTM, right? JTM. She would get us like free burgers from JTM and be like, yes, we got meat in Jesus' name. And, and we would have these family dinners. And you know what I loved? I loved it because it felt comfortable. I mean, I loved those moments. It was like comfortable. It was familiar to a past season that I had really good memories Okay, but I want you to think about this. What would it be like if I said, hey, church, we're gonna have family dinner now at Elevate Church because we have like 600 people that call Elevate Church home now, okay? And you all know that like all these families that come up in our church, they all got like four kids, Five kids, 10 kids. I mean, we have so many kids in this church, okay? So if I said, hey, we're going to have family dinner and we're going to grill, okay? Number one, we would, we would need more grills than Lowe's could provide us, okay? All right, number one, okay? Number two, we would need like a couple thousand burgers to feed everybody, Right? So in this season of life, it would be an outrageous thought to do what? To have family dinner, right? But see, this is what we do in life. We hold on to the past. And when we hold on to the past, we can't grab on to the future. We're holding so tight. And listen, I thought about this the other day. This happens in, in church life like 
like it's deep in church life. Okay. I remember when we became the uh, kids pastor at Living Word. And I was like, we had these murals of like Jonah and like, you know, Jesus with children. And like, I didn't even know that like some of the pictures were like actual like paintings of kids that like first came to Living Word at the very beginning of their church. And I was like, I'm going to paint over all this junk. I'm like, I'm going to put bright green and orange and blue. And man, you would have thought I was starting World War III, people, okay? I mean, I, I got a legit email. The title was The Devil. I was the devil, okay? They were saying that Pastor Jeff was the devil. The devil of all people, okay? Listen, we hold so tight to the past sometimes. And the Lord needs us to sometimes let go of comfortable. Sometimes we got to let go of what's familiar. Sometimes we got to be able to grab onto him. Worship team, you guys come on up. Listen, I want you to hear this, okay? I need you to hear this really, really clear, okay? Sometimes God's going to go, I want you to leave what's comfortable and and what feels good right now, because I have something better for you. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen? God has better. What, whatever level of goodness and God you're tasting right now, there's, there's a better level. Always more. There's always more. And so God will ask you, hey, walk in faith. Trust me. Let go. Let go what's familiar and comfortable. Hold on to me because I got something more for you. Now, here's the truth. There will be people around you. They won't be excited for the better in your life. I should have got like a bunch of amens right there. Right? Why? Because they like things how they are. See, we work so hard to please people. Think about decisions that you make and you're thinking about, should I make this decision because will that upset somebody else? You don't even ask the Lord what he thinks about it. You're more concerned about somebody on Facebook, somebody on Instagram, somebody on Twitter, somebody that is going to say something negative. And you work so hard for their approval. And yet God's going, I want to do more in your life. I want to give your life more. I want to, I want to bless your family. I want, to, I want to increase your territory. I want to take you to a new level. I want to take you to a new place in me. See, this happens, the same thing happens in the church. I promise you, every season the church grows. There are people who once said, Pastor Jeff, we're with you. We got your back. But then we get into a new season, new, a new time that God has for the church. And I'll hear the exact opposite. I'll hear, Pastor Jeff's changed. Elevate Church has changed. I'm like, no, man, I just had to let go of some things that we did in the past. Because guess what? Jesus really cares about us continually growing. And you want to know why he cares about us growing? 
because there are people today, today, right now, they're at home and they have a broken marriage, they have a broken life, they have broken children, they are depressed, they are addicted, they are bound by the devil, they have no hope, they have no joy, they have no future. If they died today, they would go to hell. And we wanna keep sometimes the church small because we like what's familiar and we like what's comfortable and we totally forget about this perspective that Jesus has and goes, hey, go reach my people. Go reach these people. Go love these people. Go find these people. We can't afford to have small minds, have small perspectives. We gotta have a perspective that Jesus has us alive in the year 21, 2021. We're alive for this very moment in time. I know that we're all like, man, the world's burning. And can we just go back? The other day, I thought, I'm gonna look up a headline from 1991. I wanna know like, what was like a pressing moment in 1991? And I looked it up and that one of the headlines in 1991 was that Fox, you know, the station Fox, you know, they were going to play commercials about condoms. Like this was the issue in 1991. I'm like, can we please go back to 1991? Like, can we just get like, go back, you know what I mean? Like, I get that. And we do this with God. We're like, God, it used to be this way. It used to be done this way. But God goes, I'm doing a new thing. I'm in a new season. And I have you here for a purpose and a reason. You are alive for this very moment in time. And if you'll let go of what is comfortable and trust me, I'll use your life. I'll use your life for my glory in this season and I'll do extraordinary things through you that you would have never hoped, dreamed, or imagined. Jesus is asking, will you walk in faith? Will you trust me? Will you allow me to grow you? See, that's really what letting go is about. It's about allowing God to grow you. And, and listen, we think of giving our lives to Jesus as a prayer and us showing up on Sundays. It is so much more than that. It is so much more. He goes, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. I want you to know how to hold on to the broken piece of wood and float to the other side. And that broken piece of wood is Jesus. You're just holding on to Jesus. Living on the prayer of Jesus, trusting him. You stand up this morning. I want you to close your eyes. And I want, us, I want us to pray a big prayer. A big prayer. A dangerous prayer. A prayer that says, Lord, I want to let go because I want what you have in store for me and my future, my family, my children. I want your plan and not my plan. See, that's a different prayer than God just bless my day. God, give me strength through this, through this day at work. No, this is, a, this, is a, this is a prayer of faith. This is a prayer of trust. And I want us to pray this together. 
Come on, say, Father, I'm asking for your plan. I surrender what is comfortable and familiar to you. I want to embrace your plans, your destiny for my life. I'm surrendering to you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, with new perspectives. Father, I bless your people right now in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you would fill them with your presence, you would fill them with your glory, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit interrupts their days, interrupts their time in the car, interrupts their moments at work, interrupts their day. The Holy Spirit comes and brings fresh perspective, revelation, and understanding. Jesus, we know that we're alive right now for a purpose and a reason. And we don't want to miss this purpose. We don't want to miss this time. We want to be faithful to your kingdom. Father, give us fresh vision for this season. Give us fresh vision for people that we are around. Give us fresh vision for people in our family, in our streets, God. Give us fresh perspective. Fill us with your spirit, your strength, and your life, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you in Jesus, Jesus' name. And everybody agrees. Said, come on, give it up for Jesus. Give it up for his word and his truth. Now, hey, let me let me give you let me give you a warning. Okay. You just prayed a dangerous prayer. And I promise you, God will answer. When you pray, he moves. And you're, you just ask for his thoughts. I promise you, he's gonna flood your life with new perspectives, new understanding, fresh revelation. And then what do you do? You let go. You let go and you trust him and you walk in faith. Amen? Come on, give it up for Jesus one more time. So thankful for his word and his truth. Hey, we love you. We love you. It's a beautiful day. Go enjoy it. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.